This is the John Oakley Show podcast. You know, I've been reading a lot in the news of late where uh, there, and I don't want to dwell on the tragic and the morbid necessarily, but it's fascinating to me, this phenomenon of uh, a spate of suicides within the OPP ranks over the last number of years. Seems like almost an epidemic uh, or something approximating that. And then I was reading as well on Monday where the father of a six-year-old who died in that Sandy Hook shooting in Connecticut several years back committed suicide himself. And it turns out there was also the mother of a girl who lost her life at the Parkland High School, uh, you might recall. Uh, That was another mass shooting. And uh, about a year and a half ago, I guess it was. So what is going on? What is taking place? It's beyond my pay grade to understand it. It is a phenomenon or a thing. And uh, joining me on the line, clinical psychologist with CAMH, Caddy Kamkar, who uh, may give us valued insight into this. Caddy, it's good to have you here. I appreciate your joining us. As I say, I don't want to dwell on the tragic and the morbid, but this is fascinating to me. Uh, what's going on? Thank you so much for having me and very much covering this um, um, this important issue. It is very tragic indeed. I think, you know, one thing that we really want to um, appreciate and really very much build our understanding is, um, you know, especially when we talk around, you know, mass shootings, um, they are very kind of also distinct. Uh, type of trauma in that they tend to occur in the most routine of our places. So it could be uh, schools, it could be work, it could be a place of worship, churches, and in our essentially it can suddenly, without any warning, shatter a daily routine. Um, And of course, then subsequently, uh, very much shatter a belief system, belief about self, belief about others, and certainly belief about the world. Um, and so when we become victims of those mass shootings, whether directly or indirectly, um, but especially directly, especially if there was close proximity uh, to the victims or to loved ones, it can certainly increase uh, our mental health um, our mental health risk. Um, it could be depression, it could be symptoms of post-traumatic stress. Um, and of course, as I mentioned, the closer we are to loved ones, there is also, of course, we always talk about uh, the survivor's guilt. But most also importantly, in addition to symptoms of depression, symptoms of post-traumatic stress, there is tremendous, uh, there's tremendous amount of loss. There is a grief uh, that people go through. And so we know that uh, seeking support and especially connection with the community become very vital. And especially talking about um, emotions that we can go through. It could be anger. It could be grief, um, anxiety, feeling helpless, feeling hopeless. So what you're saying here is the shock and trauma, especially uh, experienced by loved ones, is a trigger and uh, leads to uh, things like PTSD, potentially depression. But at the very extreme, these people may be, uh, for whatever reason, inclined to take their lives. When we talk about, uh, you know, especially about suicide, we know that there is no one singer, singular factor. Um, you know, through research, we know that there is no necessarily one singular factor um, that uh, is related to suicide. Very often, we want to appreciate the interconnection and the interaction uh, among a variety of factors. So it could be 
the extent of support we might have, um, uh, the extent of life stressors we might have. Again, as we just talked about proximity um, to the mass shooting, to the trauma, and certainly uh, proximity to, um, you know, the, the loss we're talking about, any, any loved ones. And then also, if we suffer from any symptoms of depression, any symptoms of anxiety, any symptoms of post-traumatic stress. So very often, it's a very much a combination of factors that can certainly lead to um, increase um, our vulnerability. Okay, Caddy Kumkar is with us, a clinical psychologist at CAMH. And what we're talking about is a spate of suicides in the aftermath of mass shootings. And what it means, I guess, is that uh, people are uh, traumatized to a point where well, they take their own lives, but something happens to that individual. And uh, when we talk about depression or PTSD, does the trauma actually change the brain? Well, you know, we know that everything is, is um, you know, there's always, you know, the mind-body connection, but there's always brain involved in everything. Our physical health, our mental health, everything is, is around the brain. Um, certainly, we know that um, any impact of those, you know, horrific uh, traumas, especially the larger magnitude, have um, a tremendous impact um, on the body. So when we talk about this, we're talking about our cognitive processes, meaning our thinking, our belief system, our emotional reactions, our physiological reactions, our behavioral reactions, as we just, just mentioned, our cognitive reactions. So absolutely, it is very much the entire being, the entire system that becomes shaken up. I'm told as well that there are triggers that can cause the body to react as if it were reliving the traumatic event. For example, uh, you know, the smell of gunfire, uh, you might have, uh, or gunpowder, you might be at a barbecue and that could trigger you back to a point where you recall the event. Uh, How palpable is that in a lot of instances? And you're correct. And I think these are great examples that you just provided. Um, those triggers, so anything that can remind us, um, remind us of the trauma, um, can trigger either distressing, intrusive memories, so thoughts or images, or they can create what you just said, a flashback. So flashbacks are um, acting or feeling as if I'm back in the situation. It's a sense of relieving the incident. So all the great examples that you just gave, it could be smell, it could be seeing something, it could be hearing something or reading um, something. Any kind of reminders can either lead to, as I just mentioned, those distressing intrusive memories or thoughts or images of the traumatic event or um, as we just talked about, flashbacks. And they can also lead to, you know, nightmares, so bad dreams. So these are all in the category of what we call re-experiencing symptoms of trauma. I'm guessing then this would uh, require a, a pretty severe dose of counseling. Am I wrong? No, no, you're right. I think that what, what, what we want to know, and this is an important question you're asking, is that at the very beginning, these are normal reactions that we all go through. Um, so the re-experiencing symptoms of trauma, the avoidance of maybe any reminders of the trauma, difficulty sleeping, difficulty with our appetite, maybe it could be difficulty with our functioning or day-to-day activities, uh, difficulty with our concentration, um, uh, so again, in psychological reactions following any of those triggers, these are very normal reactions that we go through. Of course, if we notice that week after week and week, certainly after a month or so, we notice that those symptoms increase over time, create more distress over time, and or interfere 
interfere with our functioning, so personal functioning, occupational functioning, academic functioning, or, or make us more difficult to go out, engage in our day-to-day routine, or engage in our responsibilities. Very important to seek professional help, but at all times to seek quality social support, to maintain this connection with the community. Very important. So certainly at the beginning, it's important to always know these are normal reactions. Got to ask you finally, and I don't know if this is straying too far afield, but do you have any uh, idea what might be at the root of the spate of suicides within the Ontario Provincial Police? I think that um, this this is an important question, and um, uh, certainly we want to appreciate the variety of variety of uh, uh, factors um, um, that we really want to consider um, related to that. All right. Uh, We'll leave on that note, but uh, a lot of people are bewildered or perplexed, and uh, it needs, I guess, more examination, certainly, as to what is at the root of it. Caddy, I thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. Thank you so much for having me. Okay, again, Caddy Kamkar is a clinical psychologist with CAMH. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.